0: centric
1: podcast with Rafi and Clee. Hola you amazing artist it's Rafi and Klee and today we are going to talk about um, when other artists may be challenging to deal with and how it is that we handle certain situations. This actually comes from A few questions that we got.
0: Yeah, we have a couple of examples of um, artists who are being like non-constructively critical or overstepping boundaries. A couple examples here. And we're going to share a couple of examples with you from our personal experience also and how we handled them.
1: Yeah, because obviously, you know, we've been doing this for a long time and we've done a lot of shows. Like we have a lot of shows under our belt and we've done um, not only like festivals and things like that, but we have had interactions with not very many, but a few artists that were, um, what's a nice way to say that? Challenging, let's say. hmm yeah. 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 So <laughs> let's get into the questions. Okay.
0: I love these questions. So um, we'll start with the first question and discuss, and then we can move on to the second question.
1: Sounds great. So, hi, Zara. Hi,
0: Esther. Hi. And of course, you guys, please feel free as we go through this to talk about maybe your own struggles that relate um, how you handled them and anything else that you want to throw out there as we get into this.
1: And for everyone else out there listening to this, we have our Rogue family here live with us via chat. So as we're recording this live, they're going to chime in with their amazing uh, input into whatever it is that we're talking about. Which so. is
0: always brilliant yes. and wonderful. Okay, so the first part of the podcast comes from our first question, which is from Christine. Christine says, hey there, how are you two doing? We're doing well. We're doing well, thank you. <laughs> so proud of you getting so many things done. I've been showing my work at local farmer's market weekly. How do you deal with artists who want to argue with you? I'm getting into mural painting, and my work has primarily been intuitive, abstract, and floral painting. Client wants landscapes, and the local market wants more traditional work, so I'm doing landscape samples to get the mural work, as my client will refer me to others. I'm a studio painter, not plein air. And now I'm getting a lot of flack for my methods of painting, which is not helpful to me. I need to have conversations with potential collectors. No sales yet. Collecting emails for newsletter. Don't want to shrug people off. It's a small community and same people coming back weekly. Feels super awkward. Mm,
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That can be an awkward situation. Um, And ultimately, my thing is... I never want to blow someone off because whatever their reason is, even if their reason doesn't jive with you and even maybe if they're being a little abrasive, shall we say, sometimes that's just someone's way of communicating. So in general, I tend to calmly thank people for their input but I tend to not engage when it's something that's not jiving with how I do.
1: So my question because I was having I was actually having a little bit of difficulty with the question, is she dealing with artists that are coming up to her or is it like collectors or is it just people in a small community?
0: I'm getting I'm getting the impression that it's potentially the other artists at the market. Okay. Um,
1: That makes sense.
0: I, so I'll give you, we'll just start off with an example. Okay. Um, I do things, especially with jewelry in the Klee way, you know, a lot of stuff, like I've learned a lot of stuff, but I've developed my own techniques over the years. And I made friends with most of the other artists at the farmer's market that I was at for the longest time. And um, there were some other jewelers that would come in, you know, we would visit each other's booths and, you know, talk shop and what have you. And there was one gal in particular, and I really liked her. Our styles were very different, but she got kind of into it with me one day in the sense of, um, why, why do you do things the hard way? I guess was kind of her take on my style of creating. I cold forge a lot of stuff and I make a lot of custom stuff in metal. And her question for me was like, why do you do it that way? You know, you could charge less money and move more product if you just started with blanks and templates instead of like cold forging stuff from scratch. Well, that
1: right there shows you the difference in mentality. You can move a lot more product.
0: Yeah, so. And of course, immediately I recognize, all right, well, we're our MOs are totally different here. Like that's where she's coming from. I'm not coming from the same place. She has a point for you know, for her business model or perhaps for someone else. Um, and basically I didn't engage, but it was like, thanks for your feedback. It's something to consider. I do this because blah, 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 blah. I like the final result of the piece. That's, you know, my process, but I appreciate your input essentially right right. um and honestly that didn't end the conversation in my mind that was a conversation under she kind of persisted for a bit after that
1: here's the the interesting thing to me is like you know and this was early on so like you were still building your confidence Mm -hmm. in in jewelry now i come from a family of jewelers right like that's that's what we i would be third generation jeweler and when she was sitting there talking to you um about that and i was like yeah i i agree there is an easy and cheap way to do this but the fact of the matter is that the jewelry that you create it's
0: just not how i do it's, it's yeah. not
1: it's in, in and that's where um i found myself getting upset with it and what's interesting about that is that that artist is trying to be helpful now christine is elaborating for me yeah on this she said that artists wanted to argue how you aren't a real landscape artist if you don't do plain air or if you use a projector, you aren't creative. Oh, that, this argument okay. that is okay. So like that—that that is an argument that's been out there for the longest time. And in fact, I've had artists say that if you use a projector, that uh, you're not talented, that you can't do it. The truth of the matter is um, that I do perspective drawings. I will go outside and draw something when I'm looking at it. When I am working on a specific commission the idea of not using a projector in order to make that process, the initial process easier for myself, because I want to get the perspectives. If I have the option to use a projector, I will. If I don't, then I don't, but really like that has been one of those arguments that, and people are going to listen to this podcast and they're going to get really upset about that because some people believe that if you use a projector or if you use any kind of uh, way that that isn't just going out there and doing it the hard way, right? Um, that it is cheating, and that's the thing. Like if you were to sit there and talk to that jewelry artist and say, "Well, the way you're doing it is cheap and and inexpensive," you know,
0: which I didn't want to say, no. but at the same time, it's like it's almost like live and let live. It's like art and let art, and so this type of thing is really not constructive and it's really meant to just like shut someone down you know you're not a real artist let's talk
1: let's talk about the artist in the past right yeah let's talk about the artist in the past you spend so much time learning perspective learning shading learning all this stuff but even still artists from the past and it's been proven several times they used projectors some of them in some cases because a projector isn't a new thing right it is just a way to reflect light and so like one of the one of the the most famous examples is vermeer
0: the camera obscura the
1: camera obscura
0: yeah now i want to clarify something right i do things the hard way and i'm saying this in quotations sometimes because i like the end result and that's different than doing something the hard way just for bragging rights. Yeah, exactly. We had a friend back in the day, uh, another jeweler friend of mine who intentionally did things in an incredibly difficult way just to mark up the product like a, a ridiculous yeah. percentage. Yeah. See, and
1: that's the thing. Like he he was obnoxious. He was obnoxious. Yeah. And 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 I don't say that lightly because no. you you guys know I am Super supportive of any artist out there that is doing something. But when you are um, martyring yourself right. and making it seem like that's like the other artists, we saw a documentary with an artist that said, well, real artists pin their canvas. They don't use staples, right? right? Only because tax. That, yeah, only tax because that's how they used to do it back. in the, And I'm like, yeah, because back in it, the, they didn't have a staple gun. If if any of those artists from like the, you know, the early artist had a staple gun or had any of the technology that we have today, you better bet your bottom dollar that they would be using that technology. It's it, it's one of the arguments, and I I know that I'm going into a rant here because it's like that whole purist thing. You see it happening with every creative field, right? Like this is what came before. So this is the way that it should be. And it's like, well, what about before that came? Like, the fact of the matter is that innovation is what artists use in order to create something that's never been created before. To further
0: the process. Exactly. Zara said, since we have our own filters and moods, always try to rehear things as if it's coming from a good place to pick out the benefits. I hope that made sense. That makes perfect sense. I will take constructive criticism. I will even take non-constructive criticism and let it rattle around in the brain jar. Um, I have zero tolerance though for belittling comments. And I feel yeah. like some comments are made to belittle and to shut someone down. And I really do have a zero tolerance and policy. I, and I that.
1: understand what you're saying here, Zara. You're saying feel, yeah. feel peace that people mm-hmm. have their own opinions. Don't let them drag you down It's and waste time. Yeah, absolutely. Don't Listen, people are going to come up and they're going to say, oh, well, you know, real artists, blah, blah, blah. You guys know because I do countless videos on them because I got to hear that several times. And in my mind, I was like, all right, that's fine. You believe that real artists do that. That's great. But I'm blazing my own trail and I'm doing my own thing. And guess what? I'm going somewhere. I'm not waiting around. I'm not going to I'm not going to go down the path that somebody else has gone through. I'm creating my own thing. And I think that that is way more brave than just doing what someone else has done. Now, that being said, it doesn't make following in the path or the footsteps of someone else a bad thing. But it's just when whenever there is any kind of criticism, that's where it's like, all right, dude, you better, you know, just just chill out. I get it. I I understand what you're saying. Like you have this perspective. I have a different perspective. Let's agree to disagree.
0: For sure. Um, Jenny said, I do things the hard or long way. I like the process. Also, always remember the old masters used the camera Exactly. Exactly. There's a difference between. Recommendations or even constructive criticism, um, and then just trying to force your, <laughs> you know, you, if if you find yourself saying you're only a real artist if, um, then and,
1: then you're you're putting yourself in a box, you know, yeah. and a lot of times it's because you. You know, honestly, and, and this, this goes back, it's it's like having a bit of understanding, right? You you have an artist you have somebody that wanted to be an artist, and they really, really focused on the fact that like I cannot do this until I master this, right? And then they get out there and they've they've spent years mastering their craft where they can you know, draw anything from their perspective, like in plein air. Mm -hmm. And then somebody comes along and they're selling their art or they are getting commissions and they're doing well and they didn't go through that process of doing it. Right. And I think that a lot of times that's where these opinions come from. It comes from like, well, I did this the right way. You should have to. You should have to as well. And the thing about it is we get back to opinion and choice. It's your choice. The rules that are out there, you have you have every right in the world to believe the rules that are out there when it comes to what a real artist is, but you also have every right in the world to take those rules and wipe your butt with them. Like it is it is really up to the individual who is doing it. Samson says, "I want to make lots of rules so I can rule you." <laughs> What's more important? Process or content? Now
0: that's an interesting question, Samson, because for the observer of whatever you're creating, um, content is going to be the important thing. Most people don't care about your process.
1: (laughs) Some do. Here's the interesting thing about that, right? So like a lot of people, a lot of people get uh you know they get down under maybe they're abstract
0: abstract had that's a new abstract, genre.
1: yes uh, they get down under that's if you use scraps and stuff in ab- your scrap it's mm-hmm. abstract that we're gonna we're gonna create that take new it and genre. run
0: with it rogues
1: um so if you let's say do abstracts or you do kind of figurative but it's it's you know symbolic or something like that and you're not doing photorealistic i know that a lot of artists get really tied up in knots because maybe their art isn't photorealistic, Mm -hmm. right? And for a lot of people, the perception is that photorealism is very, very like, oh, that's 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 the pinnacle, right? And very true that it is the pinnacle, but it is the pinnacle of technique, the technical side of painting. There's a lot of technical stuff that goes into it. And honestly, anyone can learn to do it. You just have to dedicate your time to doing photorealism because essentially when you're doing photorealism, what you're doing is you are copying. Maybe you're copying from sight and perspective and stuff like that, or you happen to be using a a projector or something. And so like there are all these camps when it comes to art. You have people that believe, well, unless it is photorealism, it's not real art. And we forget that the reason, one of the main reasons that art exists or art was popular back in the day and a lot of artists got commissions was because the camera didn't exist. The only way to capture a record of a person and what's hilarious about that is that most of these records were um, influenced to look a little bit, you know, it's like they photoshopped the, the, the photograph in a painting form. Right. So Mm -hmm. like a lot of royalty would, I want to, I want to look more royal. I want to look.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Instagram filters have always been a thing. Yeah. Christine said, "I'm fully capable of doing things by hand, but since I'm doing large-scale murals and getting paid, I will use whatever is needed to get the job done efficiently." Absolutely, Christine. That's a perfect response. Absolutely, that's exactly what I would say to someone who is coming at you. Honestly,
1: every every mural, just about every muralist that I knew in uh, Pensacola, if we were working on a large-scale project and we had a specific design, it is so much easier to just project. The image, like it doesn't make any sense to to do it the hard way. You just project the image up there, and then you. It's not like you project the image and then magically the image just appears on the wall, and you're like, "I'm done. I finished the mural." Like that's not how it works. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I absolutely when, agree with you. When
0: you're doing stuff like that, and really, honestly, anytime you're doing anything, you use whatever tools and whatever skill set you need to accomplish the task how you want it done and that includes a projector or you know you could say um, you could say that I'm cheating by using a torch instead of I don't know what would predate a torch that's a bad example I don't know but you know you could kind of take that and twist it however you want to and say that any tool that hasn't existed since the beginnings, uh is cheating yeah. or cutting corners. Um where I don't cut corners is because I can't produce the same finished result that way. Right. So when I do it the long way or the difficult way, it's because I'm getting a certain result.
1: Yeah. Zara um, said I do purest traditional stuff but for my own Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean and that's the thing, Zara, like you challenge yourself to, to do stuff. But if you're sitting there challenging yourself to do something a certain way, or you want to learn a technique, I mean, I get inspired by a lot of like, you know, paintings from the old masters and uh, Da Vinci, for example, did a lot of very, very uh, transparent layering for his skin tones and stuff like that, right? That's a that's a traditional way of doing it. I just do it because of the challenge and I want to see what it's going to look like and I want to see what I could learn from that. Um, and she also continues to say, it doesn't mean I wouldn't break the rules on a different piece. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's the totally. thing. If there's nothing wrong with being a purist in your art, if that's what you want to do, it's when you, it's, it's almost the same thing that happens in a lot of art schools with a lot of art teachers, right? Where you go into the art school and, you know, you've always been an artist and this art teacher now is trying to teach you to be an artist like them. Mm-hmm. And it's horrible because A, that process is soul crushing. But B, what ends up happening is people learn... To be that way when they're approaching other artists, they learn that, like, well, the way that I do it is the right way, you're doing it the wrong way. And really, when it comes to art, there is no right or wrong way. There no. is just the content, the end product that you create, or the process in your creation.
0: It's like the same argument that is like, you know, eat what you want and also don't tell anyone else how to eat, you know, like, be, <laughs> yeah. ha- have whatever, like, diet that you, and by diet, I mean just mean your food choices that works for you but like don't force it on me like i'm gonna eat what i'm gonna eat um so uh shroy had said process in response to samson's question so for the artist process is hella important and i don't think any artist should mess with any other artist process process is equally if not more so even important than the end result to the artist to the person viewing the art or listening to the art. Maybe process is important, maybe not. Obviously, they're looking at the final result. A lot of people are interested in the process. It is interesting to think about, but for the artist, process is hugely important. I
1: mean, and it really what, what matters there is what portion of the process are you excited? A lot of things that are tedious when it comes to painting, because I am a very fast painter there are things that are tedious where i switch up the process to make it much quicker and much more fun for me
0: yeah totally right much
1: more messy so am i following traditional things when i'm when i'm working in that sense no i'm not you know instead of like painting the um the leaves on a canvas i'm going outside and grabbing some plants that some plant matter some plant matter and i am grabbing that and whipping the piece of canvas with the paint on it on that plant matter because I know that when it slaps the canvas just right it's going to look like trees like leaves you know so like now that's a lot more fun for me than sitting there and painting each and every individual leaf yeah. you know and that's that's just when it comes to those kind of things now i know even here in town I know um artists that paint landscapes and they do each and every single individual lead. And that's and they, their jam. Yeah, and they and that's their jam. And the, the pieces are beautiful, but it doesn't it just doesn't make one better or worse or one right and not right.
0: Christine said I really think that the art instructors who teach too many shoulds and nevers are doing damage to artist creativity. Oh,
1: absolutely, Christine. That's been forever. That's I, been forever. I
0: think it's awesome to lay a foundation as a teacher, and but we should remove the words right and wrong from art instruction. No. I feel like no,
1: there are certain fundamentals that you want you wanna learn about shading. You wanna learn about perspective, you wanna learn you know, and the the funny thing is that those fundamentals are there so that you just kind of know like, okay, well this these are the fundamentals of what it takes to create something that is photorealistic. Chances are for a lot of artists, they may never use perspective to begin with. Mm-hmm. They may never use um, composition. They may never use, they may just do whatever. Now, do I think that it's important to know those things? Yes. Do I think that if you don't know those things that then you're not an artist or some crap bullshit like that? Like, no, of course I don't believe that. And that's, that's the thing. There are a lot of shoulds and a lot of like, well, this is how real artists, you know, and the fact of the matter is that anybody that says this is how real artists do it then are not very versed in real artists no, because fact, you look throughout history and it just it's there is no one method of doing anything.
0: There's a running joke um here with me and Rafi where like I'll get like a tool that I didn't have before and I'll be like I'm a real jeweler now. <laughs> or like I'll um I don't know something'll happen in the studio and I'll be like I'm Real jeweler and i say that kind of kind of, i'm kind of poking fun at it you know at the idea that like you're only a real artist if you're only a real jeweler if uh zara said i bet someday someone will complain about uh, using imagination as cheating you're just copying you're just your copying vision your man. vision
1: <laughs> Jenny says, if you have drawn or sketched the original design, then you've already proved that you could do it. Now you'd just be transferring to the mural. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a great point. I mean, and that's that's the thing. Like, I, I forget, I was watching some show and they had stressed it. It was a show about artists and one of the artists was arguing with the other artist because the artist was using a projector. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's funny because people really, really get like bent out of shape. Yeah, they do. They get really bent out of shape over that stuff. And I'm like, you don't have to get bent out of shape over that just concern yourself with the art that you're creating. Quit looking at someone else's camp to see what it is that they're doing and how it is that they're doing it. And don't sit there and judge someone else. Honestly, the only reason that people judge anyone else's process for doing something is because they're constantly on trial themselves. Yeah, so
0: Cruz is talking about the same thing. She's like, "Why would another artist want to criticize someone else's art unless they feel superior?" And often, I think it comes from a place of secretly feeling inferior and trying to. um, I
1: don't. I've I've said it time and time again, and it's in it's you know, and, and I believe it's in every single book that we've put together, where it's like, if you have to put someone down. In any way, shape or form, you are doing that only because you're trying to lift yourself up. And Mm -hmm. it is a horrible way, horrible way to lift yourself up because instead of you actually being empowered, then what you're doing is you are required to put someone else down or someone else's artwork down or someone else's method down in order to feel better about yourself. And that's just not sustainable. It's not sustainable. Yeah. And what happens to people like that is they get more and more bitter.
0: And genuinely passionate and genuinely successful people. Just they don't do that to other people. No. I don't have time or RAM space in my brain drive to go around criticizing what anyone else is doing. Yeah,
1: exactly. I like, And, and it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, why would you spend your time... You must have a lot of time on your hand. Spend
0: that time doing your own art.
1: <laughs> if you're going to, you must, yeah, you must have, and really it probably comes down to jealousy. Well, you're going to get this commission because you're doing it like this and blah, 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 blah. And, and I actually have to, and you see that a lot in the art world. And honestly, a lot of the people that are uh, bitching and moaning about how it is that someone else gets well, like, oh, I don't get it. They get to do it that way. They're not doing it the right way or they're doing whatever. Really, a lot of those people are the ones that are not not enjoying a good art career. They're not they're not succeeding. And the reason that they're not succeeding is because they're not focused on themselves and what it is that they need to do in order to get ahead.
0: Samson said, I love to linger over a John Singer Sargent portrait and be blown away by his technique. But what really blows me away was his ability to capture the person. And at other times I fall into a Pollock or a Rothko, and I'm lost in a completely different thought process. Like comparing a horse to a motorcycle. Exactly. Totally.
1: Exactly. There just is no comparison. Basically, any technique, any way that we do something, any interpretation of any art that we put out there that is part of us and part of what we do now if you follow the cookie cutter way of doing things for example i had a lot of artists when i first started in florida telling me that my art was not good enough that my art was not going to be the kind of art that sold mm-hmm. because we were in a tourist town where you know what sold was beach scenes and stuff like so all these artists in the area were creating basically touristy stuff and they were telling me like you know we really like you. you're you just you're not going to succeed you're not going to succeed and i was like you know i already tried that i don't want to create that kind of stuff i want to create what i want to create and they're like well it's not going to work out for you and as it turns out little by little um over the months like people were coming back to me and buying my weird art mm-hmm. and then these same artists that were like you're not you're never going to make it It was basically what they were saying, like, you're never going to survive if you keep going down that route. Um, They were coming to me and being like, wow, so you really, uh, you really sell that, huh? And I'm like, yeah, because I'm the only one that's creating this. You shut
0: them down with proof is in the pudding. Exactly. Sometimes you can shut them down with facts too. I'll share one more short story with you guys and then we'll go on to the second question for the second part of the podcast. When I was new at the farmer's market, i said, I'd been there for maybe like six months, maybe closer to a year. Um, someone anonymously like hated upon me to the market manager. Um, and our market manager was super nice, but she came to me and she's like, listen, Clee, I don't know a lot about jewelry making categories, but one of the other artists here feels like you shouldn't be allowed to show this particular jewelry that you make, it was a collection of like beaded jewelry that I was doing back then. I'm a new kid on the block. I'm still getting my footing. I'm like doing my thing. So someone else is like, your stuff doesn't belong here. Essentially, because it wasn't complicated enough. It wasn't, um, it was too simplistic was the argument. It didn't belong at the market. Um, and so honestly, I shut it down with facts. So what I did was I went home and I put a spreadsheet together of all the different jewelry categories that you can be working in, um, forging, fabrication, assembly, design, um, and A, and the list goes on and on. I put the spreadsheet and, and obviously, together.
1: Obviously you guys know that is Cleese. This is who I am. That is, yeah, that is Cleese.
0: So, um, because the market manager was cool, I brought the spreadsheet to her and I was like, um, just here, this might help you to understand the different categories of jewelry making and a little bit about each one and what goes into them so that you know um, what that entails. And that can help gauge kind of your barometer for what's what in the jewelry categories. Um, So it was meant to help the market manager, but it was also meant to shut this person down, this anonymous person who felt like, I put no effort into this particular collection.
1: Yeah. Um, And that's the thing, like nobody knows, you know, it's it's easy. And I think the same thing happens when you're looking at someone's art career. It's really easy to say, oh, well, they got they have it easy because they blah, 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 blah. You know, like we've had people tell us all the time, like, well, the reason that you're doing so well is because, you know, you guys are popular on YouTube and I'm like, we didn't start that. It wasn't like we started this and we were like, hey, we're popular in YouTube. Let's go and do this. Um nope. and not only that, but YouTube isn't really a big you know, it's it's we talk to artists. We're we're not talking you know, we're not selling art on our YouTube channel. <laughs> so true story. It's, Although
0: a lot of you guys out there do support yes, our creative. Yes, and we do
1: appreciate uh, that.
0: Connie said, until I joined a palette club two months ago I did not know how to use a light box in the past if I needed a dog or anything I just sketched it I love learning new skills yeah
1: absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely and I think that that's the thing like listen first off to to go into any kind of situation with a definite mentality of like well that's not the way that you do it you know you're you're limiting yourself and that's what i always think of whenever i've been approached by any artist and honestly the the longer that i've been doing this the less artists approach me with that kind of thing not because i'm deemed a professional but because i tend to carry myself differently like if they if somebody's coming at me and saying well you know you shouldn't blah 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 i'll be like yeah I don't care. And like, that's pretty much my response. It's like, I don't care what I should or shouldn't do. I'm just going to do what I want to do. And I think because maybe I just don't notice it as often because it just doesn't bother me. Like Because I've realized that over the years, no matter what someone tells me, whether or not they're like, well, you know, real artists can't don't blah, blah, blah. Or like if you want to if you want to be successful, you're going to have to blah, blah, blah. And realizing that, like, I'm blazing my own trail. And honestly, the only person that could tell me how to do something or why I'm doing something is me. And so people are going to have their opinions. People are going to have their opinions. And that's fine. Like, nobody needs to agree with the way that you do things. Uh, just as long as you are standing confident in the way that you want to do the things.
0: It's very effective to be like, yeah, I don't care about that. I've heard you say that so many times. (laughs) And in the beginning I would be in the background like, Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or you know even if if you can't bring yourself to be like i don't care about that to be like yeah i'm not worried about that i'm yeah. doing my, i'm doing my thing
1: i mean that's that's i think that that's my 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 personality like i don't do a yeah. spreadsheet and explain things i'm like <laughs> you know for me i'm like yeah i, I want it's just it's, i get it you know and i'll i'll even say like i get it you know that's that's one of those perceptions out there but that's honestly i just don't care i don't care And that, that always works for me. Um, Because really, what are you, how is somebody going to argue with me that because I use staples when I build my canvas instead of tax, if they come at me, well, you know, this is the way that it's been done. And this is the way that it's supposed to be done. And there's a reason why you use tax. I'd be like, yeah, I don't care. I've used staples and they work every single time. I've never had anybody complain to me because I've use staples in my canvas no you know like ever and really ultimately at the end of the day it's the people that are purchasing the art that you want to pay, yeah you know like I've had artists because the way that I do my mountings which by the way you guys I, I am planning I know a lot of you guys have asked like hey, hey Rafi how do you do your mountings um where where in, because I don't do the whole complicated thing where you know you do the uh, what is that called an eye hook and then you
0: do your wire.
1: Basically I buy the wire in bulk and then I use industrial staples and I just staple it right into the, the, the wood on the canvas. And then I do a little twisty tie thing and then I staple it in again. And literally you cannot pull that thing off if you tried. No. And I've had artists tell me, in fact, one of the galleries that they almost rejected me because they were like, well, the the mounting on your painting is not correct and i was like i think i actually told him like who gives a shit what the mounting looks like it's on the back of the painting i don't care it's secure it's gonna
0: hang on a wall and i'm
1: like i've sold thousands of paintings and not once did any of my collector base say like oh the mounting's wrong they don't care because you don't know what's going to happen with that painting it might go into a frame And they're going to change that. It they it might go on the wall just as it is. Like when it comes to things like that, like and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong for somebody who takes pride in the way that the back of their painting looks. Totally. But really, when it comes down to it, it's it's up to you and the people that are collecting your art, the people that love your art. Nobody's going to buy my art because of how I mount. how it gets mounted on a wall i
0: think in general we're like mind your business yeah mind your business i think that's
1: pretty much what i'm saying
0: (laughs) kelly said i constantly tell people i couldn't tell you anything about what masters painted what painting because i admire the art but i create my own way
1: exactly totally kelly exactly all right let's, let's get into the second one um christine hopefully that answered your question Um, Just giving you a perspective, our perspective on that stuff. Basically, my response when it comes to that is don't let it get to you and really, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I get it. You don't want to shrug people off because it's a small community. But when it comes down to it, like it's one of those things where you got to just remember like, who cares? Just... People came to me. I think there was only one artist that came to me once. It was like, I can't, you're going to use a projector on a mural. You're not going to use whatever. And I was like, how many murals have you done? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, cause, and that's, that's what it comes to. It's like, how many murals have you done? What are you going to, what, what, you know, how long do you spend on a mural? Like, because honestly, if you're designed a thing, why are you going to sit there and redesign it? From scratch.
0: Yeah, and every scenario is different, right? And that particular mural, um, you didn't have the ability to step back from it any further than four feet. Because it was in a walkway. Yeah, I couldn't
1: see the whole thing.
0: So... Zara <laughs> said real artists oh people I tell them I do what I want I do what I want
1: yeah indeed
0: that's why we all need that sock t-shirt from your book it's gonna says, happen I do what I want it's
1: gonna happen no pressure
0: um Rachel earlier in the ticker tape said I just started a new painting and I'm whispers gritting."
1: no No. i can't believe you're gritting
0: rachel also said that's flipping genius Rafi. i'm gonna save my hands and get a staple gun yeah yeah do
1: it yeah i like i said i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a um i'm gonna i'm gonna do a video it's not it's really not that difficult but i'm gonna show you guys where where exactly i buy um the hanging wire um because i like i said i buy the big rolls of it and it's much less expensive when you just buy the big rolls of it. And I use an industrial staple gun. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just say industrial staple gun, because it's the one that you get at the hardware store. And essentially what you're doing when you do that is it's like you're nailing two nails that are connecting. And that's, you know, it's just, it's
0: it's incredibly secure. Believe us, yes. we know we've tried. We've had to pull try to pull them out before. Yes. Um. And
1: yeah, especially when I accidentally staple them upside down on the painting, and then I look at the painting, I'm like, damn it!
0: <laughs> it's happened once or twice. Oh, it's
1: happened more than once or twice. Kelly said the
0: staple thing would hold it closer to the wall. Yes, yes it does.
1: Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm.
0: And the nice thing is, if somebody wants to frame it after that, that doesn't interfere with their ability to frame it. Do you use whatsoever. coded wire?
1: Yes, I do. Yes, mm-hmm. I do. Kelly. Um, I use, uh, I forget what, what it's called.
0: We'll share it with you rogues. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: We'll share it with you guys. Like I said, I'm going to, I'm, I am going to put a video together because people have asked and I did film a video uh, back in the other studio, but um, that ended up on the external hard drive. I love the staple idea. I'm going to try. Yeah. I, I will do a quick video for the rogues uh, for the rogue fam before I do the video and put it live on um, on YouTube, I just had a, a brain fart that there. That thing
0: where you put the videos.
1: Canvas pliers help. Yes. Yes, they do.
0: Um, Christine had said much appreciated. Uh, okay. That's awesome, awesome, Christine. I'm glad that we were able to give you some hopefully
1: helpful input there. Science and Surplus is where I got mine. The airplane version is my favorite. It has the pla- yeah. American mm-hmm. Science and Surplus, yes, they do sell the coated uh wire. In fact, I think that was one of the first places that I bought it. I just buy it now directly from some company. Um, I don't know, that yeah, I'll, forget I forget who. Sorry, you guys, this is not helpful. But basically, if you look up spools of coated uh stainless steel, not stainless steel wire, threaded wire, steel threaded wire. Uh, it, you'll see, you'll see options where you could just buy a roll of it and that way you just cut it to size whenever you need it. And then you just, just staple in and it's, it, I'm telling you that will hold forever. For sure. Forever. <laughs>
0: Rachel said, Oh Lord, I do that all the time. Why are the wrong side? Yeah, <laughs> that's the
1: word. It sucks. It sucks. I
0: feel for you was, anytime that happens. There is
1: like a show. I forget. We were like in a hurry to do a show once and, um, I had to I had to basically do the mounting by the way and this process it makes it so much easier because you could do your mountings very quickly you basically just mm-hmm. cut the wire you measure it out you you know I actually have a piece of metal that's folded on two sides that will show me exactly where I want the wire to be mm-hmm. so and I'll show you guys all in a video um for everybody out there that's listening to this I'm going to do a video and put it on YouTube because it'll be I know that right now I'm explaining it and people are probably like, okay, I have no idea what you're talking about. But yeah, I'll do a video on our YouTube channel and that way you could watch my process of doing it. It's really easy and really quick and really convenient unless, of course, you staple it upside down and then you have to pull those staples out because they're not easy. They don't come out that easy. For
0: sure. Tina said I started buying offset saw teeth, especially for canvas. They're amazing. I hate wires; Those are great, especially Mm -hmm. for, I would say like really for... Small to medium sized paintings that those are small to medium,
1: and as long as you don't have like if you have uneven texture, like where one side is much more textured than the other, that's that's where it gets a little bit challenging. Uh, Jenny said, When someone tells me you can't do something, I think don't tell me what to do. Then I think, oh, great. Now I have to keep doing it my way for a while, <laughs> you know, for stubbornness sake. Yes, indeed. Darn All straight. for the sake of stubbornness. you darn
0: right. Okay. So let's, um, let's talk about our next um, segment here with our next question. Yep. Um, Mara. Uh, Said, I'll add an additional artist issue to Christine's. People are often curious about my method and as a general rule, I'm happy to share. However, I've recently come across an issue with another local artist pushing things too far. Essentially, there's asking for help with an issue or problem, and then there's blatantly wanting you to provide your entire business blueprint for them to copy, and then getting pushy and annoyed when you don't immediately offer up your entire working practice plus business plan on a platter to them. This was done publicly in a way that made me very uncomfortable In essence, I get that this is sort of a compliment as they obviously see me as someone to try and emulate and I wish them well, et cetera, et cetera. But they made me very uncomfortable as it felt aggressive and personally invasive. Just wondering if this has happened to you and any thoughts on how you deal with this sort of thing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Mara,
1: you know, honestly, we, we have, you know, that we put all, all this information out there and Mm -hmm. stuff. And the truth is that sometimes it's just not enough like mm-hmm. it's almost like why aren't you helping me i need help and it's like yeah but i'm 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 helping you and i'm i'm telling you stuff but i can't give you the play by play every single day because everything changes you deal with different pers- different things with different perspectives and different ways of handling stuff yeah you know you could you really it's one of the reasons that i'm big into like you got to figure it out and yeah I'm going to tell you what I've learned, but even that's limited to my own perspective.
0: Yeah, and you do. I mean, so Rafi and I are quite open book about everything, but when someone's pushing it too far, you really do need to set those boundaries. Otherwise, you'll regret it. I've found myself in situations where out of a genuine desire to help someone, I got a little too involved and invested in helping said person, and then they just grow to expect it. Yeah. Um. In a sense, I mean, it
1: got it got to the point where with this particular person, where I was getting annoyed because you were you took on the responsibility of calling them when they had to file their,
0: the taxes. their
1: taxes. And I was like, that's not your response. We're running our own business. And to some
0: extent making phone calls for them or filling out forms for them or writing an email on behalf of them. And um, so yeah, and it that's, gets too much.
1: And that's the issue. When you run into somebody who's being extremely pushy, you know, and I get it. Like there's that part of you that's saying, well, it's, I guess it's kind of a compliment, but really, everyone has the ability to really push forward. And if they have a question, there's a big difference between somebody saying, how did you do it? How did you get there? Tell me everything mm-hmm. versus having specific questions. Okay, so I'm doing this show and I ran into this issue or I'm doing this because that means that that person is going to take on responsibility for themselves and they're really going to blaze their own way. And if they, if they have questions about, you know, oh, I ran into this issue. What do you What do you recommend? What do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, and then they're just bouncing ideas back and forth. That are, there's a huge difference than somebody being super pushy and telling you, you know, I I need your help because I can't get my I can't get my art career. We get those. I get those comments all the time mm-hmm. on YouTube where somebody gets really upset with me because they want they want the specifics. They want. You know, and I and I'm sharing everything we share, whatever it is that we experience, but they they want to be told exactly how to do it step by step so that they could follow. A process, and the fact of the matter is, there is no step by step thing, Mm -hmm. there just isn't. Esther
0: says, Hey, person, that feels very invasive and pushy. Yep,
1: exactly. (laughs) That's
0: the direct approach. Kelly said, Just tell them, I do me, you do you, figure it out. I'm not doing it for you. That's another great response if they're being very pushy and aggressive. A diplomatic response is kind of along the same lines of what Rafi just said. Listen. What I did was really, it's really too much to try to crystallize it down to like a formula. Um, But if you get stuck in a particular area, drop me a line. Or maybe if they're really rubbing you the wrong way, then don't add that drop me a line part. Um, Another thing that can, you know, quiet somebody down would be something like, I'm really flattered and humbled that that you're interested in my process. Hey, if I ever put classes out there, I'll be sure to let you know.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll I'll be sure to let you know. And, you know, and especially when I'm not sure what the public way that they did it uh, that made them uncomfortable, that's where I would have drawn a line. And honestly, Mm -hmm. I probably would have responded back if somebody if when people and it doesn't happen that often because you do have to set those boundaries. You have to set those boundaries. You have to be willing to say, listen, this is what I can give. Right. Mm-hmm. But you're gonna have to put into work. Like yes. you gotta you gotta do the work. I'm not here to run your R career or tell you exactly what to do. You gotta figure this out on your own. If you have a question, I'll answer it. And that's the thing. If they called them out publicly, that's exactly what my response would have been publicly. Like, that's on you. It's your R career. I'm yeah. sorry that
0: Don't come at me with that.
1: Because I remember there was um, somebody who publicly came at me and they were like, I think it was the I was talking about having a website and it was this artist that had had a website. I want to say since like for, for like 20 years, they had a website for 20 years and they were upset. They were really upset. And then on YouTube, they came at me because I was saying, you know, get a website and they were like, well, I've had a website for 20 years and nothing comes from it and blah, 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 you know, and just whatever. So basically telling me that I was full of shit. And I was like, Looked at their website and realized that it hadn't changed since like the 90s, the early 90s. Like they basically like I was like, you haven't done anything with your. Sure, you built a website, but you haven't done anything with it. You haven't promoted. You haven't gotten people to go back to your website. There's nothing of interest there. It's completely boring. So you're just you want me to give you answers on exactly what to do with it. And you've had this thing for 20 years and you haven't done anything with it. Of course, you're going to get upset with me.
0: Mm -hmm. Don't come at me with that.
1: Yeah. Don't come at me, bro.
0: (laughs) Ellie said that person sounds like they want instant success and probably will blame you if it doesn't work out for them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like those things are correlated. And just as you're saying, like, yes, then there's, there's wanting to skip steps and have someone else do it for you or tell you exactly what to do. And then there's blame. Oftentimes there's blame if it doesn't work out. And it's like, of course it didn't work out. It's what I did. It's not, it's everyone's journey is different. You can't, you can't uh, take exactly the same steps because you're a different human. Cruz said, random thought. If an artist wants to do exactly what another artist does, it seems they're not wanting to do the process and learn for themselves. Oh, plus how will they ever find their own authentic self?
1: Yes, Exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing. To be honest with you, you could try and do what someone else did uh, in order to get their career going. And it's not going to work for you. It's not going to work for you because in the long run, it's just not going to be you. Um, There are certain things where like, yeah, you know, if you have questions about something, you take things and you tweak them for yourself. But Mm -hmm. like when it comes down to it, like, really, you're the only one that could blaze your trail. In this whole thing, yeah. whether it comes to how it is that you create your art, what it is that you do. I mean, if somebody were to ask me that question and then get upset, right, what they're asking Mara, the entirety of what I do, like you, i, I they said blatantly wanting you to provide an entire business blueprint, blueprint for them to copy.
0: And then getting super pushy and annoyed when you don't
1: immediately offer up that doesn't make sense to me it's like i could not tell you my business blueprint if i wanted to there are so many moving parts to it and it's constantly in flux and it's constantly changing and that's that's basically mara what my answer would have been like there is no blueprint Mm -hmm. this is a this is a figure it out as you go kind of thing if you don't if you don't understand that then you're going to really, really struggle because that means that you're looking for some secret answer, some some thing that's going to get you where you want to get to. And it just doesn't work that way. It does not work that way.
0: Allie said you should give them Rafi (laughs) and Klee's (laughs) book. Hey, thanks for the book plug, Allie. (laughs) Kelly said one of our collabs should be Fabulous Fabulous
1: fakes. Fabulous fakes. Ah, that's I love a that. fun
0: name. I like that. Chris said we have to be willing to push through the suck. Otherwise, no experience, no, no results. results. Right? That's how you get to level up. Is exactly. by Waiting through the suck. Timothy said you can't copy and paste a business plan. No, you cannot.
1: No. no, you cannot. No, you cannot. No,
0: and literally, like even with the example that I mentioned earlier, where it was like I was really, like really invested in helping the person that I was helping with all the things it's like it didn't work out for them in the same way that it that they didn't go the same direction you can't
1: you can't you can ginger snaps like learn kinesthetic yeah kinesthetically the
0: basically fancy word for fuck yeah, around it, and find out it basically
1: means that you're using your body to just do it totally. and you're figuring it out you got to you got to just do it i mean that's how you that's how you learn that's when i did corporate training that's how i trained people they mm-hmm. had to do it themselves they had to figure it out themselves and figure out what their rhythm was even for a barista that is working the bar at starbucks you got to figure sure there's 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 ingredients and a certain consistency of ingredients. But when it comes to creating stuff, you have to figure out your routine. What works best for you? How is it that you're going to do it? They, they, they don't work like robots. You know, know anything that you do out there. You cannot do like we're not robots. We can't do it like a robot. And so for people to be demanding that, oh, I want to know the blueprint you know, give me, give me the calculations, give me the, the algorithm. And that way I could be a success. Then I'm like, you're missing the point and you're not going to be a success. I'm sorry. Um, You know, and I, and I hate saying those words because I want everyone to succeed. But if you are trying to follow some cookie cutter thing and be someone else, instead of like figuring it out yourself and putting in the work and, and, and the sweat and being, being, not being afraid to fall on your face and pick yourself back up then I I just, I cannot imagine somebody really getting very far.
0: Especially someone who's trying to publicly make you uncomfortable in that way. Now, here's a fun thing you can say uh, based on this conversation is like, listen, I really wish I could hold your hand, but unfortunately they haven't invented learning through osmosis. I can't transfer (laughs) that information that way.
1: That is brilliant. Uh,
0: down with robot expectations," Says said Clover. Ellie <laughs> said, "I sometimes wish there was a, a blueprint, but then art would be like being an accountant or something." Yeah, yeah. no,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Jenny said that rhythm is so important, and most can't teach can't teach like that. No, yeah. no. Ginger said, "This plan does not work with everything." but this stuff yeah you better be ready to make a mess
1: yes indeed
0: (laughs) kelly said i teach phlebotomy and i would not do anyone justice by having them only watch i make them stick everyone (laughs)
1: yeah yeah Yeah. no matter what you're doing people got to figure out their own rhythm they got to figure out their way of doing it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what it is and the same thing would go i don't know that mara is here but if mara Uh, If you're listening to this, Mara, just know you got to set those boundaries Mm -hmm. and those expectations right from the get go and let them know, like, hey, listen, and I actually really love what you just said about holding hands (laughs) and teaching through osmosis, because, I mean, that's basically what it is. It's almost like people are expecting you to do that and you can't. What you could do is, is motivate, encourage, educate people. And then let them find their rhythm because that's ultimately what's going to get them to where they want to get to.
0: Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, Mara, um, if you're here now or you're listening back, hopefully that was some helpful, um, helpful insights. From-
1: <laughs> Jin just said, or Mara, you can say what Jin just says here. I don't have the time or the crayons to draw this one out for you.
0: <laughs> that's so great.
1: <laughs> that is oh, brilliant.
0: Always on point, Rogue Fam. Yeah, you always guys are on point. you
1: guys are awesome. And you know the thing is that like, for the most part. Most of the people when we're dealing with creatives that we're going to run into are going to be really awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, most of the creatives that I've met are amazing humans. And and you run into people that really are kind of – and really it comes down to being a human. You run into somebody that's dominated by insecurity, dominated by um, you know ego, dominated by whatever it is, and they're going to end up being a bit of a douche you know, and that is something that you deal with, with everyone. The, I think the biggest thing that I've learned over the years is whenever I meet someone, I don't allow myself to set that record into, in place, right? Like locked in place. Every time I see someone, whether they kind of rub me the wrong way or not, I always try and look at them from an open perspective. With fresh
0: eyes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: because you never know. People have different life. Some people, you know, maybe they don't change and or you weren't you're not going to experience the change that they've gone through. But I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt. But I also am very clear about my boundaries. Very, very clear about where I stand, what I'm willing to give, and what my boundaries are. Because if you do not do that, what will happen is someone may infiltrate and then feel um, entitled, entitled mm-hmm. to um, do exactly what they did to Mara there. Yeah.
0: Uh, Cruz said, Rafi and Klee, you guys really helped me identify with process. The process is the awesome sauce. The result is a bonus. And now we've come full yes. circle right? The process is hella important. What's that Banksy quote? Banksy says you don't go to a restaurant just so you can have a good shite afterwards, exactly. right? Exactly. Enjoy the process.
1: Enjoy the process. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a really great way of, of doing, you know, it's like everybody wants to get to the end result. They want to, and, and really it's the process of doing it mm-hmm. where the joy, that's where you find the joy. Sometimes you got to put up the hand, stop, no more. I learned this lesson yet. Yeah, you do. You mm-hmm. you do. You definitely have to set those boundaries. You said douche. I say that.
0: Not enough. People Not enough use people it.
1: use it. Yes, yes. <laughs> I say douche all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good word. I did. Uh, I did a public speaking event, and it wasn't until I was like looking at the video that I realized that I I must have said the word. I don't even know how many times I said the word douche, but I said to it, yeah, you know, you because you don't want to deal with a douche. And then you know, you go further because you say douche when you're kind of saying, like, yeah, that person is a douche, but then when you're really emphasizing it, then it's just, you know, the douche bag.
0: It it's um it it's a good impact in the word sound like
1: douche. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is.
0: <laughs> it carries weight.
1: When someone says I'd never be able to draw like that. I tell them, I hope not. That's my way. And you have to do it your own way. I love mm-hmm. that, Kelly. Yeah, I've said that before, too. You know, people come up. It's like, I can't even draw a stick man. And then I'm like, I bet you can.
0: Mm-hmm. I bet you can draw a stick man. Tina said, it also sounds fancy in French. <laughs> <laughs> Jin just said escalation from douche to douche bag to douche canoe. <laughs> douche oh, my. canoe.
1: oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> We should probably end this now. Um, So let's do our outro here. Thank you guys so much for listening to this. Everybody out there that is listening to this. You guys are amazing. Hopefully we had some great insight. I know that the rogues had some awesome insight for us.
0: As they always
1: do. Which they always do. And uh, yeah, until next time. And by the way, if you like this, I almost forgot this part. If you like this and I don't know where you're at, but there's a subscribe button, go ahead and subscribe to us if you want to listen to more like this. And yeah, that's it. Let's let us move on. Now that we've gotten to the douche part of the conversation, (laughs) let's uh, let's end it here. You want to say goodbye, Clee? Good day. Adios.